Don't you love the Lord in this house? Hallelujah. Peace of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated this morning, and thank you again for being in, in the house of the Lord. In uh, the book of Judges is a strange place maybe to find uh, this, well, maybe it's not so strange. It's, it's actually a, a blessing and a great lesson that we find Gideon building an altar in, in a place and naming it Jehovah Shalom, which uh, literally means the God of peace. He is our peace. and uh, Because when you read in the book of Judges, uh, it is not a book that is just loaded with a bunch of feel-good stories. It's more about how Israel keeps failing God and uh, records one of the darkest parts of Israel's history. It is the written record of their spiral downward and their, their often turning from the Lord and not listening uh, to God's word and not walking in the ways that uh, he would desire them to go. And uh, even in uh, that time, you'll find it four different times that it says there was no king in Israel. Literally no king uh, in the physical sense. And literally they were not acknowledging the king of kings. And then even twice after that the writer follows that statement with everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Sounds a lot like it is today. That uh, a lot of people uh, are no longer submitted to the king. That is chaos and it seems like the world, uh, the enemies of the church are just having their heyday, doing what they want to do, and the people of God are just in the middle of it. Israel felt like they were just in the middle of it. It, it seems like they could not understand that they were where they were because of what they had done or not done. They just were in the middle of it. And because of their disobedience now, Israel had been seven years uh, delivered into the hand of the Midians and they were not just ruling over them they were taking all of their crops taking all of their livestock they were killing their people forcing them to hide in caves and wherever they could go just to escape the hand of their enemy and so in that sixth chapter as we're following along with what's going on in the history of Israel, we see that Israel has begun to cry out again to God, as they would often do. And the Lord listens because he's merciful and because he's good and he's God. And he visits and sends an angel to visit a man uh, by the name Gideon. Must be something with me. Gideon never saw himself as a warrior. He He didn't think of himself as someone who... Uh, should be leading God's people into battle. As a matter of fact, he was very uh, uh, determined to try to get out of it when God came to him. In uh, verse 12, it says, and I, I don't know if I gave you these or not, I, I may have this. It says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto Gideon and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befalling us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? 
But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And uh, Gideon does not acknowledge what the Lord has said about him. But the Lord doesn't just see what you could be. He sees what you are already. Uh, to him, that time is not relevant. He, he already knows in, in his mind, this is what you are, Gideon, a mighty man of valor. And we, this is the man who we read in the opening scripture that builds an altar, builds a place unto the Lord and calls it Jehovah Shalom. But he is never going to recognize that place of peace until he recognizes what God has called him to do. You understand what I'm saying? Is that the church will never recognize the peace of God until we recognize the call of God. We have got to believe that we are the chosen people of the Lord. We have been baptized in his name and filled with his spirit. We are not uh, receiving again the spirit of bondage to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, and the Spirit itself bears witnesses that we are the sons and daughters of God. And until we can accept and recognize who we are to Him, uh, we'll never have peace in our life. People will not have peace when they run from the call of God. Uh, just ask Jonah how that works out for you. Go preach to, to this city. I want you to go preach to Nineveh and declare these things. And, and instead, Jonah ran from the Lord. And because of that, he found himself in the midst of a great storm and found himself in the belly of a great fish and then vomited up on the shore. I don't know what he looked like walking out of that fish's mouth. But, uh, whoo, uh, I, I, I think sometimes when I open some of those cans of cat food, like, whew, Maybe that's what Jonah was smelling like that day. Uh, but uh, he did not have any peace. And there were not peace for those around him unless he could acknowledge uh, who he was. And, and this crisis going on at this time in this story is not only about Israel and their condition, but it is also about uh, the condition, the, the spiritual conditioning of Gideon. He was insecure about who he was. He felt inadequate to be Israel's uh, Savior. Instead of acknowledging anything the Lord said there, he just said, if the Lord is with us, then why is it like this? Where are the miracles that our fathers told us about? But instead, all I see is God forsaking us and God not being here and, and the enemy is having his way. I don't see any peace Right now, it's because Gideon could not find peace. He, you know, even in that initial announcement, if Gideon could just have recognized the voice of the Lord, a peace would have come on him. Even before Israel would be delivered, before the first Midianite would be killed, uh, Gideon could have peace because if he could just trust God's word. Let me tell you, it's not the, the resolving of the situation that should only bring us peace, but it is the promise of the Word of God that should bring us peace. Hello. Because uh, you know, it, we find peace in so many other things, or at least hope, in a sense, and that brings peace. Uh, if we go somewhere and we, 
man, we've been having this funny pain in our body, and now I'm going to the doctor, and I'm just worried, and, and I, I don't know what to do. But if the doctor will just say, hey, it's only this, if we think about that, we get a little peaceful, don't we? It's all hinging on what the doctor says, not the pill he's going to describe. It's just what's he going to say, and we could either comfort ourselves or distress ourselves on his word. But if we can just remember that we serve the God of peace, the Bible says he's the God of all comfort. If we can remember that he is the author and the finisher and that uh, he orders my steps in his word. And, and I realize that uh, it's not about the outcome. I should not just be thinking, well, if it ends up like this, I'll have peace. I should have peace because of his word. Because of the promise that comes with believing in the Savior. He is the God of peace. And, and so we find uh, Gideon here uh, wrestling, so to speak, with this call on his life. He can't find peace in it because he can't trust God yet. He's insecure about who he is. And when God calls him, it says in verse 14, it says, The Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might. And thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? I'm the one that gave you this word. I'm the one that gave you this calling. And Gideon just does not uh, see enough. He's still looking at himself. He's still looking at his insecurities. He's still remembering that, hey, I'm just flesh and blood. I'm just dust. And, and just I haven't seen anything happening uh, by the hand of God in years. And so uh, why should I believe anything? Why, why would I believe God is actually calling me? Well, who do you think you're talking to, Gideon? Whose voice do you think? Who do you think this is? It's the angel of the Lord before you. It's not a voice out of thin air. He's sitting before you. And this is what uh, Gideon, still looking at himself, not at what God can do, he says, Oh, my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? My family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Still looking at his own self. God had confidence in Gideon, not in just who he would become, but in who he was at that moment. God had given an order. God's word is forever settled. God said, you will do it. You will do it. It's going to happen. It's, it's going to be like that. The Lord said, you shall deliver Israel, but I'm the least. My family's the poorest. And, and we always look at ourselves and realize it and try to talk ourselves out of doing what God really wants us to do. And we have no peace. We come to church and we can't even worship like we want to worship because we don't have peace in where we're at with God. We believe in Him. We believe He loves us, but we just can't believe that He would still actually use us or do that with us or actually work in our life. But God has so many promises for each of us. It's, I can't look in here and say, uh-uh, this book is only for Pastor Walden. Nobody else gets any of these promises. They're only for me. It doesn't work like that. This, the whole book is for the whole body. Yeah, come on. The whole book is for the whole body. It works for everybody. And when we as a body begin to realize that every promise in the book is mine. Let me tell you, oh, there's a peace. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be some things happening and going on in this world. It just simply means I trust God in the midst of it. 
the Lord told him in verse 16, he said, And the Lord said, Surely I will be with thee, and you shall smite the Midianites as one man. He told him, he said, This is going to happen. I am going to be with you. It is the calling of God that makes the difference. God will qualify those Whoever he, when he calls you, guess what? You're qualified. You may not be fully equipped yet, but you're qualified. Because God will teach us along the way. When he called his disciples and said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. They were not immediately fishers of men. But they were qualified now to follow him and to walk with him. And they did not know what it meant to be a fisher of men. But they knew that he had called us and that's enough. Hey, where are you going? Why are you dropping your nets? What do you think you're doing walking off and following him? He called me. That gives me the right to follow him. And God had called Gideon, and now it was that's what qualified him. The assurance that Gideon should have had, the consolation uh, that Gideon should have had was in the word of God. I will be with you. And you will strike down the Midianites and leave none alive. The qualifier was God's promise to be with him. It's in his word. uh, We've got to remember that that word is what should bring us peace. Psalm 119 and 165 says, Great peace have they which love thy law. And nothing shall cause them uh, to fall or, or shall offend them. It, it, won't, it won't offend them if you're reading King James. But that word does mean uh, a stumbling block. They won't, you won't have a stumbling block before. You won't be tripping up over things uh, that happen because you'll have peace through his word. That's why uh, we, uh, what gives me peace if the doctor says, hey, you've got something wrong with you, something's wrong with your heart. Okay, he's the healer of all of my diseases. By his stripes, I am healed. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And, and I begin to realize that, hey, I've got peace in his word, that he's a deliverer, that he's a savior. That's why uh, people that come and fall in the altar with troubles and trials and sin in their life, they can find peace in his presence and joy in his presence because he's the one who forgives our sins and washes them away. He's the one that makes all things new. And when we hear that word of God... It should bring a peace despite the circumstance. It it doesn't automatically change it right away. But now there's a peace that's coming. There's there's something happening, and I can trust it. I I think of Simeon, that that old man in in the the Scripture that we often read in the Nativity story when Jesus was born, and and he was very old and his eyes were dim, but it said uh, he knew the Holy Ghost had told him, you won't die until you see the Christ. And so uh, every birthday, every year he got a little older, every year he got a little weaker, and uh, he still knew that I'm not going anywhere until I see the Lord. Yeah, but now you're so old and you're so weak. I don't care about that. I'm just going to believe there's a promise coming. I'm going to see the Lord's Christ. I won't shut my eyes and take my last breath till that happens because the Lord, I don't know how many times he got sick 
over the years. You, know, you can think of all kinds of things that may have happened to him that, oh, this is bad, you're sick. This is my... Well, it don't matter because I know what the Word of God has told me. And so when we get our minds on God's Word, we can believe uh, that nothing shall make me stumble. There, I have a peace uh, uh, when I love His law, when I love His Word. I love the Word of God, and, and it'll make you look foolish sometimes to other people. Because they can't believe that you'll just stand on God's word. But we will stand on God's word. In Proverbs 3, 1 and 2, it says, uh, My son, forget not my law. Yeah, my son. Now, this, he's not talking to just anybody out anywhere right now. He's, he's talking to his son. The spirit itself bears witness that we are the sons and daughters of God. He's talking to his children. And that's what I'm trying to get the church to see right now. My son. Forget not my law. The law, if you love it, you're going to have great peace. He said, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days, long life, and peace shall they add to you. When people say, I don't ever read the Bible. No wonder you're a wreck. I don't ever go to church. I just don't like preaching. No wonder your life's falling apart. Uh, you're trying to, you're trying to uh, just build your life and your walk on, on just saying, oh, I believe in God. Well, hey, the devils also believe and tremble. I, I, I wanna, uh, but he don't have no peace. There is no peace to the wicked. Hey, he, he's wicked, and there's no peace to him. You think the devil's got peace? He ain't got no peace. He lives with this surety every day that one day uh, it's going to be over for me. He knows he's got a short time to work. He's always looking over his shoulder because he knows he's going to get grabbed by the nap of the neck and slung off in that lake of fire. He knows that's coming, so he's just trying to get as many as he can to go with him. But if he can tear your life, if he can wreck your nerves, if he can bust you up while you're trying to serve God, oh, you know what? Because what happens is when people get a stressed and anxiety and nervous and, and fretting all the time, they start questioning Where's God? See, Gideon was a child of God, one of God's people. And all he could see was, I'm nothing. My family's poor. I'm the least. I hadn't seen God's hand work. We're in trouble. Our enemies are stealing. You know what he was doing? He was threshing wheat behind the wine press so the Midianites couldn't find them and steal what little bit of food. He was hungry and starving, and fretting, and stressed, full of anxiety, probably had ulcers, all kind of things, just hair falling out. You know, he was just, he was a wreck. And he could not grasp that God said, you are a mighty man of valor, and you are going to deliver your, oh, mm -mm. I've, I've been in a rough spot too long. Let me tell you, the rough spot wasn't over yet, Midian, or Gideon, Midian, Gideon, all them idiots. Uh, Whatever they are, yeah. But it wasn't over yet. The battle hadn't been fought yet, but the promise was already there. And the promise brings peace because, oh, great peace have they that love thy law. And so, hey, if you can just grab it uh, and understand that God, uh, he is your peace. I don't, the answer there is, again, let me say this. The answer, the resolution is it what gives, that brings the joy, but the peace comes through the promise. 
when Job makes that statement about I can't see God anywhere. I went forward. I went backward on the right hand where he works. I've looked to my left. I cannot even perceive God. But this one thing I do know, that he knows the way that I take. And he had a peace so that he could not sin with his mouth and not give up on God. And he, he would say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And he's scratching those bulls and, and he's worshiping in the dust and everybody's coming against him. But he still got a peace that passes understanding. Do you still retain your integrity? Yeah, I do. Because I trust God's word. Or you need to curse God and die. That's what the devil wants you to do. That was the whole end game of the devil. Let me touch his body and he'll curse you to your face. That's all he wants. I just want those children of God to not have faith in the God they serve. And one way he gets us to kind of get shaky on our walk with him is to pull our peace away. But when you love his word, he can't take your peace. Oh, he can stir up all kind of hell in your life, but he can't take your peace. Let me tell you, you can walk around in the fiery furnace. It might get you in a den of lions. It might get you standing at the edge of the Red Sea with no opening in sight. But let me tell you, that's what stand still and see the salvation. I just need you to stop hollering, crying, whining, fretting for a minute. Just see what will happen. It goes, open up a place, let them walk through on dry ground. And then with those problems that were chasing them, Moses told them, said, you won't see them anymore after today. All they saw were the dead bodies of the Egyptians on the seashore. Uh, and let me tell you, on the other side, they were rejoicing. The peace came when the water opened up. Whew, there's a way out. Well, there's a way out all the time. All things work together for good to them that love God. Not only, hey, that doesn't mean all things that we know. Because we don't know sometimes what God's doing. And so in all things, that, that includes the things that God has not shown you yet. The things that you don't understand. The things that you haven't seen. But all things do work together for good to them that love God. Hey, love God? Then you love his law. Because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You can't distinguish him between that. And so we always think, well, it's because there's some kind of uh, tickling presence on our back that we believe everything's going to be all right. No, it's because I trust his Word. I don't have to feel goosebumps to know that God's with me. I don't have to be speaking in tongues to know that he lives inside of me. What I know is that his word has established who I am. It orders my steps. I walk by faith. I walk in his word. I live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I can lay me down at night and sleep in peace because God's going to watch over me and keep me. His word is a protector. And so, yeah, I, sometimes I don't have answers and uh, maybe I can't tell you, this is exactly why this happened. What I do know is that God knows why. I've said this many times. I said, I may not know why. I just know there is a why. And that's enough to give me peace. Because God never just lets our life go off, spin off into chaos. There's always a reason for it. I don't understand why. Well, sometimes it's life. That's life. Yeah. You ever say that? Well, that's just life. Sometimes people who serve the Lord think you're not supposed to say that. But it's true. We, still, we all live. 
Precious, this is a scripture I'm sure we'll hear a lot this week. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. I didn't think saints were supposed to die. Well, then how are the dead in Christ going to rise first? You see, and so, no, so you're getting it wrong. We get it wrong sometimes. Sadness is not the absence of peace. Sorrow is not the absence of peace. He said, you're going to sorrow in this world, but you won't sorrow as those who have no hope or who have no peace. If I got hope, I got peace. And so uh, just because I'm sad and grieving, and we are, we're grieving the loss of our brother. And, and it was, we believed and we prayed in every service. We said we're believing for the healing, for the miracle that he's going to come out of this and cancer will not take him. But guess what? He did die with cancer. But he opened his eyes in the presence of the Lord. And that gives us a peace that passes understanding. And we knew all along that that was the backup plan. It wasn't that, hey, uh, you know, I knew that if he, if he passed from this life where he would be. But I said, that's good because that's there and I can't change that. But I'm going to keep praying every time I see him for God to heal him. And if I see that, hey, guess what? I'm going to rejoice and it's going to be great and what a testimony it will be. But his testimony is not diminished by any fact at all that he's not still here today because where he is is the climax of the testimony that's where you want to be that he heard him say well done good and faithful servant and so that gives you the peace of God that's that God of peace that word of God that keeps you and shelters you and you live by it and you live in it he is your peace in John 16 and 33 the Lord Jesus was talking to his disciples and he's telling them things that they don't want to hear. I don't want to hear about you being crucified. I want to hear about you leaving. I don't want to hear about you dying. We have enjoyed walking with you, watching you walk on water. You do miracles. But he's telling them, I've got to tell you these things. He said, I have spoken these things unto you that in me you might have peace. I've went ahead and gave you a glimpse. So when you see them dragging me away, you won't lose it. And lose your faith. I've told you this beforehand so that in me you'll have peace. I've told you what they're going to do. So when you see it happen, you won't think, how can this happen? Well, he said it would. Hey, that's what Jesus said will happen. I doubt any one of them remembered anything he said at that point. Later, it says they did, that they begin to remember Oh, boy, if we'd have just remembered that then, we wouldn't have been so tore up. I wonder if Peter could, you know, could, could just grasp that sometimes. Uh, all those disciples that walked so close with him, could you just remember what he said? And then you would have peace. He said, so I spoke these things to you that in me you might have peace. Who was he? The Word made flesh. In the world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. That did not say, and it does not say, hey, leave that up for me for a minute, sis. That does not say, in the world, you should have tribulation, but be of good cheer. You won't have tribulation. 
because that's, that's the way we process it. He said, I've told you some things, so in me you'll have peace. That means you'll always have peace in him. He is our peace. Paul wrote that in the book of Ephesians. He said that he is our peace. So he's our peace. He said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. That does not diminish your peace. Oh, I ain't got no peace. Have you got Jesus? Well, yeah. Then you're not accessing it. <laughs> if you got him and got no peace, then you're not accessing him. <laughs> Let me look in the mirror and see what I see. If we say, I've got him inside of me and I have no peace, I am not accessing the peace of my Savior because he is the Prince of thank you he is the Prince of Peace in the world you will have tribulation but be of good cheer because I've already told you you'd have it that's why Peter said think it not strange the fiery trial that is to try you as if some strange thing happened didn't he say in the world you'd have tribulation didn't he say that that's right, he did. So don't think that it's strange when you want to live holy and righteous for God and the enemy tries to tear your life up. Don't think it's strange. You have an enemy, the devil, as a roaring lion, going about seeking whom he may devour. He said, yet resist him in the faith. Submit yourself to God, the word. Resist the devil and he shall flee. Peace. You know, when we were... Uh, in Africa, we heard lions roaring out in the night. Lions can eat you. They can eat you. Kill you. I don't want to be lion food. But I had peace behind them doors. <laughs> and that fence, they said, keeps lions out. All I could do was trust it. But greater than that, I knew the Lord was with us. And if he'll keep me from that spiritual lion, he'll keep me from that natural lion. And I love lions, and I just can't believe one would eat me. I will not test that theory. But, you know, I have peace when things get shaky because I know that God is watching out for us. I know that God is going to take care of us. I know that he is the God of peace, and he is my peace. And so uh, remember that now, that his, it's his word. Oh, I, I, I can't feel God here or there. Okay, that's all right. That's okay if you can't feel God right now. That should not be something you say five years from now that I still ain't felt God in five years. Now we got a problem, uh, had a problem. But what I'm saying is I'm in the middle of this, and I just can't feel God. Does that mean he's not watching? Because the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice. And see, nothing I go through takes his eyes off me. Nothing I go through closes his ears to me. God is watching, and he is listening. And the scripture just says he's just going around in the earth seeking to prove himself strong on behalf of them that trust him. And so... 
it's like, yeah, well, I trust him. Well, I hope so. But you got to be able to say, I trust him when you're sick. You got to be able to say, I trust him when you're unemployed. You got to be able to say, I trust him when I'm broke down, when I'm brokenhearted, when I feel like I've been shunned and, and kicked around and walked on. You got to say, I still trust God. Because I know where I, what I'm doing. I'm praying. I'm seeking the Lord. I'm doing my best. Okay. Trouble comes to all of us. It happens. In the world, you will have tribulation. This was his closest. Hey, let me tell you, if the one that walked on water with him is going to get that warning, you and I going to get it too. And the, so there's a peace there knowing that, hey, if I am going to have tribulation in this world, he said, I've overcome the world. So whatever happens, there ain't nothing coming to you that I won't be able to handle for you and take care of. It doesn't mean you won't go through it, but, but I can handle it. We can take care of it. There's nothing that the world's going to throw at you that my peace can't take care of. And I'm telling you, peace is practically better than the solution. Because when you have peace, you're not worried about when the solution gets there. Yeah, when you have peace, hey, it's coming. Don't worry about it. It's coming. It's going to happen. Why Why you believe that? Because God said it would, and God don't lie. And his word says this, and so I have peace. And when we start looking at all the promises that are for people who believe in him, for his chosen, for his church, not just, hey, there, there's promises out there for those that will come to him. Absolutely. They have no idea about it until somebody preaches it to them. You got to uh, read, but for the church, we got to stop acting like the Bible is just for sinners. Yeah, it, it, we got to quit acting like. Uh, yeah, I know this is the only hope for a sin sick world, but it's the only roadmap the church has got too. And uh, I, I'm not just saved by it; I live my life by it. It tells me how to live as a believer. Uh, I can have confidence in him and, uh, and walk in the things I should, should walk in because it's right here. Hey, am I doing this right? Well, does it line up here? Because if it don't line up here, no. Because he orders our steps in his word. Mm. But that will give you peace when you walk in his word. So, uh, man, people, uh, I don't want to sacrifice my peace. And that's why... Uh, I do my best as much as lies within me to live peaceable with all men as much as lies in me. And in doing that, I, I, I realize that there's things that, hey, uh, if I get rid of bitterness, I have peace. If I'll, if I'll be kind and tenderhearted and forgiving, I'll have peace because that forgiveness is going to help me. Hey, you can ask somebody to forgive you and they might never do it. That's going to trouble them. It shouldn't trouble you because you did what you were supposed to do. But you know what? Uh, but when you are unforgiving, you ain't got no peace. Ask that man who wouldn't forgive the debt after he had been forgiven the debt. He wound up in jail. That prison of unforgiveness. He ain't got no peace in prison. And so let me tell you, I, I don't want to uh, lose uh, my peace just because of a situation. Jesus was walking with a man who had come to him for a miracle. 
my daughter lies at the point of death. Would you come and lay your hands on her? Would you come and heal her? Jesus said, let's go. They start walking that way, and just about to the house, someone meets them in the road and says, your daughter is dead. Don't trouble the master any further. And the Lord immediately says, when Jesus heard those words, he looks at the man and he says, don't be afraid, only believe. I don't know what kind of effect that had on him. I would love to have been there and seen. He had to get a peace that just came over him because they kept walking. And they went to the house, and there she was in the room. And she was, she was dead, just like they said. But the Lord came in and spoke a word, raised her up alive, presented her to the parents. And that man said, you know what? He said, don't be afraid, just believe. Listen, whatever comes your way in the middle of it, if Jesus is with you, he's your peace. It's going to work out. He is the God of peace. Gideon just, back to our point here with Gideon, he's so insecure, unsure. He's witnessed nothing but trouble, and he, he just can't get back to trusting God. And he was uh, uh, kept asking for a sign. How, how do I know that this is not some kind of just apparition or what, you know, how do I know this is real? And so the angel said, go get your offering and bring it and set it on this rock. So he brings meat and bread and broth and pours it out on the rock. The angel touches it with his staff and it flames consume it. Then the angel disappears and he's like, now I'm going to die. I've seen the face of an angel and I'm going to die. And the Lord told him, you're not going to die, Gideon. You're not going to die. But you are going uh, to uh, deliver uh, this is what he says in verse 23. He said, the Lord says unto him, while he's in the middle of his freak out, he might be thinking, every breath is my last. I saw an angel face to face. Uh, uh, I'm going to die. And the Lord said unto him, peace be unto thee. Fear not, thou shalt not die. And then after all that, finally, after he hears the voice of the Lord, Gideon decides to, Build, put an altar there unto the Lord, calls it Jehovah Shalom. That's awesome. You can answer it or cut it off or hit the button. Somebody's phone's ringing. Somewhere. It's all right. And the Lord said, Look, Gideon, there's peace. And so he builds a place, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is our peace. He says, and it is in this day yet in offer to the Abazarites or Abazarites, however you want to pronounce that. I'm sure that was wrong. Um, but I got peace about it. It's all right. <laughs> Praise God. But he built that altar there. And this place at least was still there at the writing of the book of Judges. That's why it's recorded. It doesn't mean it's still there today. It might be buried under sand or time or whatever, but it was at least there as the writer was writing this. It was still there at that time. He had put something in his life that let people know God gave me peace. Just like when uh, uh, Abraham took Isaac to sacrifice him and, and then he called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh because God provided in that day. 
that for if you, you ever took Abraham and Isaac back there, Isaac would say, oh, this is Jehovah Jireh, because this is where the Lord provided. <laughs> this is where God came through. And uh, so uh, he had something, and, and God's people should have a place like that in their life. You, you should find peace uh, uh, in the Lord and with your walk with him and, and your times of prayer. And people, you know, again, we, we're going to see people grieve and be sad. But that does not mean we don't have peace. Man, man we're going to be sorrowful. That's why the scripture said, weep with them that weep. We're going to have sorrow, but rejoice with them that rejoice. And, and just have peace knowing that I've got everything under control. Oh, this happened. It's so awful and my heart's broke. Okay, but God's still not out of control of it. It's still not out of his hands. You're still not out of his hands just because you're in that place. We need to find some ways to find the peace of the Lord. I'm just about to close, honey, if you want to come on uh, to the music. There are some methods, things that we need to find. And, and, you know, you can find all kind of things. There's all kind of self-help things that tell you, hey, do this, do that to get a little peace. My wife read me a very uh, good list, some things that Nona Freeman uh, said. These are ways to relieve stress and things in your life. And uh, it was it was really good. Um, and there, there's some things like that similar in this lesson. Uh, make sure you have a personal place to pray, a personal time of prayer. The psalmist said, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. Let me tell you, there's peace when you have a place like that with Him. Commit yourself to the calling of God. That's what Gideon was having a hard time doing. Psalm 37 says, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. That gives me peace today. Paul wrote this in 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. He's the God of peace, the Lord of peace, and the Lord of peace himself give you peace. I want that. Make sure we're passing on peace in our life. Let it be something that we're teaching others about the peace of God and and then uh, embrace the peace that Jesus has for us. In John 14 and 1, he said, Let not your heart be troubled. He wanted us to have peace. These are things that Jesus wants us to have. We are not helpless and battered about and kicked around this world without any kind of recourse. Fear is an enemy. And the unbridled mind will wander into stress, anxiety, depression, helplessness, discouragement. It comes. It comes to us. But resist that. Listen to the one that speaks peace. When the Lord said, hey, let's go to the other side. If they could have just understood those words, they would have never woke him up to say, don't you care that we perish? Because there wasn't no way that boat was going down. He said, let's go to the other side. What did he rebuke them for? Where is your faith? How is it you're so fearful? Where is your faith? I said, when we got in this boat, let's go to the other side. Are we there yet? Well, no. But that happens sometimes. 
we forget. It's so bad that we forget and we have to back up and say, what did God say? Who am I to him? Stand with me this morning. In John 14 and 27, as Jesus was still addressing his disciples, he said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. The things the world gives are temporal. Moth and rust, thieves, destroy it. But the things that Jesus gives, his peace is eternal. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So resist anxiety, resist stress. That's just the roaring of the lion. Submit yourself to God and he'll flee. Jehovah Shalom, the word Shalom means actually a little more than peace in the Hebrew. It means wholeness, completeness, harmony, prosperity, welfare, and tranquility. There's a lot of things that God desires for us, and it's all wrapped up in that, that word. There's a lot of things we have that's wrapped up in that one name. And with this scripture, well, then Paul wrote this in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. He said, Fear not about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. When we give it to Him and we trust Him, you can just leave it alone. And the peace that passes all understanding, it's the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Well, the doctor said this. Doctors going to say what they got to say. Well, the news said this. They're going to say what they want to say. But what God says, He means. And when you can trust what God says, you're going to have peace. Let's pray together this morning. Jesus, we love you and so thankful. We're so thankful that you are the God of our peace. Lord, we ask today that you just let peace reign in our life. Let us love your word, Jesus. Let us love your ways. Let us believe you in all things. And Lord, we believe that the peace of God that passes all understanding is going to keep us, our hearts and our minds. It's going to shape our life. Lord, we are in a time as a church body. We have sorrow and grief right now, but we also have peace, knowing that your promises are true every day. Blessed be your name forever, Lord. Keep us now in that great peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Sing that one more time. Let's lift our hands and just love the Lord for a minute. It's a good old song. Peace, wonderful peace.
thankful for the peace of God this morning. Let's give him a hand clap and shout of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you for your peace, Jesus. Thank you for your peace. Praise the Lord. All right, let's get ready for this next service. Going to have a great time. Man, I'm ready to see this choir singing and people worshiping the Lord. God bless you in Jesus' name.